today on 2C Fans. So yeah, we look at those, and you know, the thing that I think is so surprising, not surprising at all actually, but is so um, inspiring is that kids get it. They are already there. They are ready to make changes. They're ready to, um, you know, address some of these really big issues. They're not so set in their ways is what it they're really not. is. They're yeah. not, and they're not cynical. <laughs> no, you know, I think life takes it, you know. Hello, welcome to 2C Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Rutger. And I am Joe Nicholson. Good job. <laughs> Thank <And> you. <laughs> we are here with Allie Bussey uh, from our education department at Moat. What's your job, Allie? Hi, guys. Um, my job is, uh, title is the Assistant Vice President for Education. So that sounds like a big job. <laughs> It's the big. It's it's a big job. It's the biggest. That's one not here. the biggest. Um, no, yeah, it's it's. Well, it's um, pretty big. I think it's one of the most fun jobs here. Um, so basically, all the education programs that we run from two years all the way up until adults, um, and then I also get to work with the volunteers here, which we've got over sixteen hundred volunteers, and our intern program where we have two hundred interns a year. So not a big job at all. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound big at all. Pretty important it's, job. It's hardly any, any involvement with anything. Uh, I don't never work with people at all. No. So. No, nope. nope. That's what I've always heard about Ali. She's not a people person. <laughs> doesn't like the ocean, doesn't like people. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> in, in, in reality, you probably have to like both a heck of a lot. But um, so what's like the mission of our education department? Because most a lab. Most people know we're a lab. We've got an aquarium and education is how does it fit in? I would say this is what I would say, is that it's, it's, really, it's really the core of what we're trying to do here as far as, um, you know, science is only as good as, as the people that know about it, right? Um, and so our job here is to translate and transfer the science that happens to a wide variety of audiences and make it relevant and interesting and fun for them so they get excited about it too. Wow, that was uh, very well said. Science is only as good as the people who know about it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I like to, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, communications. I like that. I mean, I don't know if all scientists believe that, but uh, I do. Well, it's, it's changing. I it think. is. Yeah. It's changing. How, how did you? Uh, how did you end up here at Moat? And well, I guess let's take a step back. Where are you from, Allie? Oh, I'm a Jersey girl. Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Yep. So okay. the shore. No, no, farm okay. country. I Ooh. cows near me. So the part that nobody knows about, the pretty part. The pretty part. Yes. Not that all Jersey isn't great. But. Well, there's the famous Jersey cows. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a different Jersey, Joe. Is it? <laughs> okay. So one day you were standing out, you know, walk along the road with some cows, and you said, I want to be a marine biologist or a marine educator. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Actually, I went to school for marine biology at University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Okay. Um, mostly so I could go to school at the beach, but don't tell my parents that. Nope, don't um, tell them. <laughs> um, so I did that, and then I, I kind of realized I didn't want to spend my time in a lab, and I get very, very motion sick, so... I spent a summer working in an aquarium and realized in San Francisco and realized that telling people about marine science is way more fun than actually doing it, I thought. Hey, there you so, go. Um, so I just sort of the start of my career path, yeah. Sweet. So how did you end up here, though? Well, I moved around a bunch, lived a lot of different places, and then um, found myself back in New Jersey. Um, I was working uh, at, at Rutgers University doing an outreach program, which I loved, but um, it was really cold there. And yeah. um, I wasn't particularly near the water, and so um, I wasn't really looking for a job, but saw this posting, a friend sent it to me, um, and I applied. 
And um, I came for an interview. It was February, and it was 72 here and 27 <laughs> in New Jersey. Yeah. So I drove over the Ringling Bridge and said, job or not, I'm moving here. But luckily, I got the job. And so here I am, six years later. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So um, let's see. I, I wanted to ask Allie, you know, we educate kids about all kinds of things here. We tell them about what our scientists do. We tell them about marine science in general and then the threats the oceans face, how we can be better stewards, all that good stuff. So what's the difference between, like, what a kid or, or an adult gets um, by coming here versus going to just regular old school? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and I don't think, I don't think it's, it's an easy answer, really. Um, but if you think about how much time we spend in school in our lives, it's a really small fraction. And so mm-hmm. all the other time that we're not in school and we're not sleeping, um, we're <laughs> learning, right? So things are happening. Things are, we're encountering things. We're talking to people. We're, we're making meaning from things. So I think a lot of what we can do is create opportunities for people to make really, really cool connections to things, um, then maybe they couldn't through a classroom. So I, I look at ourselves as sort of um, not instead of, but in addition to, obviously. Um, and and I think that's the beauty of, of working at a place like this is it's a lifelong thing. I mean, people come here of all ages, and, and I, I hope that they all learn something. So they don't kids don't just go home and learn what their video games are teaching them during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some video games can be educational. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to. And everybody needs them. a break every once in a while from you know whatever. So. So we're not anti recess. We want to be fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's actually what we really try to do is tie a lot of fun into it. Tie a lot of activity, um, a lot of sort of self choice, and just really letting people explore things on their own. That's a lot of what we like to do. Hmm. Joe, you're just staring at me. <laughs> Joe, Joe, do you have enough coffee there? I, I, for once, uh, I, I'm speechless at, at this point. What, um, because Allie's doing too good a job? She's doing an awesome job. Yeah, um, podcast over. She's Yeah, I think, <laughs> drop the mic. Um, yeah, no, um, you're doing a fantastic job. I, um, I'm, I'm absorbing what you're saying. Well, what ocean issues do you wish that more people would absorb (laughs) what topics do you wish more Uh, people knew about that's such a good choice of words absorb um i think one of the things that's really been on my mind a lot is uh ocean acidification and climate change yeah you know i think that that sort of the excess carbon that we're putting into the into the atmosphere is something that we all need to be a lot more aware about so that's not Um, just buzzwords now no it's not climate change ocean acidification yeah, I mean, they're big words, right? Um, but they represent a real problem. And it's something that I think we all can take a take part in and in, in being a part of the, the solution or at least the mitigation um, sort of re- you know, reducing how much carbon is being put into the atmosphere. Because the reality is, um, by burning fossil fuels, we are putting carbon into the atmosphere. And it's changing the ocean. And it's changing our, it's going to change our lives really, really quickly, among other things. So um, I think we all need to be so Better about that. So you're teaching the kids and the adults about this. Absolutely. And yes. Do the kids ever go home and teach the adults? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. There's there's some research that says that um, that youth are really the decision makers, especially teens are decision makers in family when it comes to environmental issues. <laughs> what? And so yeah, yeah, that, that adults really do look to their kids. Not in my house. <laughs> you don't. Your kid's not a teen yet. Yeah, but. He thinks he is. <laughs> well, I think you probably are very informed. You and your wife are very informed. Uh, so, you know, you may not need it. But there is there is some evidence that that, that really that families look towards the teens and they, they really set the, the standard for what, what happens environmentally in the family, within reason obviously. But so yeah, we look at those and you know, the thing that I think is so surprising, not surprising at all actually, but 
is so um, inspiring is that kids get it. They are already there. They are ready to make changes. They're ready to, um, you know, address some of these really big issues. They're not so set in their ways is what it really is. They're not. And they're not cynical. (laughs) No. You know, I think life takes it. Are you speaking from experience, yeah, Life beats you down enough to make you cynical at some point. Beats yeah, you down. So, and it's good to work with them because it makes us, you it know, happy. reminds us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's, it's great to hang out with the youngsters yes. and, and absorb their uh, enthusiasm for the environment. Yes, yes. yes. So, like, <clears throat> we are, if you live in this community and you can send your kids to moat for a summer camp or, like, a kayaking excursion or something cool like that, that's awesome, but what if you don't live here? What Ooh, if you don't live by an aquarium? What if, yeah, what if you like live at a distance? What if you live among the cows of Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Amongst the cows. Well, of I didn't Jersey. have cable until well into college, so uh, uh, <laughs> no. I think um, you know, there's a lot of ways to connect. Our... You were in that movie Footloose, weren't you? In that little town. <laughs> The preacher and all No, because I could not dance. Oh, okay. So no, no, that was not me. That was not you? Nope. nope. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, there's great ways to connect to, to Moat and to other institutions in around the, there's great institutions that are doing great work and that have a lot of great information out there. So I think, you know, obviously the internet, kids are well, very, very, very versed in, 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 in information out there. Just keeping an eye on what kind of information they're getting, making sure it's well vetted and that it's, you know, quality. Um, it's really important because there is some, there's, shockingly, there's some bad information out there. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. But. Nope, yeah, it's nope. like Heather. <laughs> nope. I don't even spew any of it. Oh. <laughs> you sure? So, yeah. I, yeah, it's like as a parent, how do you weed through that? I mean, I guess you could start with, you know, well, if the it's a internet sci- doesn't lie. If it's a scientific institution, if it's like Moat or if it's like a university, you're going to assume that those are better. They're Definitely. Not, they're not always going to be written for kids. That's the hard part. So, yeah, they yeah, just look on the internet. The internet's always right. <laughs> well, if you believe, if you agree with it, then it's clearly right. Yeah, yeah. So. and if you say it enough times, it becomes true. The internet's right about cats. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because people used to make the joke about Wikipedia, but there's this awesome movement of, that's sort of crowdsourcing information, and so you know people really are checking on other people, and so Wikipedia is actually a really valid source these days because yeah. you know there's a lot of cross-referencing and this sort of crowdfunded you know information flow that's really free access is is pretty amazing, and it's really letting people get information around the globe that they wouldn't have had access to. And they cite their sources on Wikipedia, yep. so if you see something. Something you don't trust, then you can just follow that source. Yeah, follow yeah. the source. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, but I will say we also have an amazing distance learning program um, that we have a YouTube channel that people can watch mm-hmm. some of our videos. Uh, Moat has a YouTube channel that has got some great, great um, content on there. Some interviews with our scientists. You know, a lot of our scientists are just really awesome people to to hear from, and they really know how to connect with people. So. Um, but yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. I was watching um, Rob Nowicki, one of our researchers in the Florida Keys, talking yeah. about sharks during our Shark Week. Um, was it during the, the live days? screening? Yeah. Event? Yeah, we had, yeah, he's oh, fantastic. He was great. He was, you know, perfect level of explaining the ecology and stuff to kids. Yeah. So, yes. Some, We're some very our, lucky here. Some of our scientists love to do this kind of stuff. We are lucky. Yes, they do. And, yeah, they're great at uh, disseminating that knowledge. And I find that, you know, more and more I just see scientists um, taking their own initiative, like on social media. There was a hashtag about being, like, real-life scientists or something. I don't remember what it was. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I just heard it on Science Friday. Like, these things reach the upper echelons of, like, media and stuff. Um, so what were you going to say? So we uh, 
you probably get like a whole wide variety of people coming into these programs, kids, adults. Do they ever ask you questions that make you go, hmm? Hmm. Always. Hmm. I hope they, st- they I hope they always do. That's like <laughs> the best thing is when they stump us, right? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 when you know that people are really pushing the boundaries and they're they're getting information in some really great ways. So, we love it when our educators are stumped and they love it, you know. So, and the best thing to do is then to empower people to go back mm-hmm. and find more information. I mean, that's really our goal is to empower people to to really do something with this, right? So, whether it's becoming more involved or making life changes to be more environmentally friendly, you know, or just going and getting more information that's what we want so yes yeah. do you remember do you remember any case where a kid said something you're like wow that's really profound i wish i thought of that <laughs> no man yeah. kids are always surprising us i will say i mean i mm-hmm. you know there's just we we actually have a whole collection of of um camper moments from each summer where oh really kids have said things yeah <laughs> sometimes they're really funny things but sometimes they're really profound things too and so we have a whole collection of them oh my gosh so, yes we it's sort of an internal thing but yeah it's we also you know it's nice to revisit that when you're sort of having a rough day and you're forgetting sometimes you know you want to remember why you do what you do is to go back and, and see that you know see that so another thing that you guys are doing is is you're you're turning some of these campers into or, or students into what we like to call citizen scientists now mm-hmm. as well is that right yes single-handedly we are just you know evolving no i'm kidding yes um yes now we we one of the things that we really like to do, and, and it's a big push in the field, but also just sort of at Moat, is to um, get people involved in actual field experiences and have them contribute to science. So we're doing a lot of citizen science projects, um, getting kids and adults um, out, you know, in the coral, right now we've got a coral restoration program down in the Keys where citizen science are helping um, the scientists uh, outplant coral. Um, we have been for years collecting information on the bay, you know, when the kids go out and dip net and collect animals, we've been collecting all that information. Um, Can it be so. as simple as even organizing like a beach cleanup? Absolutely. And then, you know. Yeah, like I said, I mean, our big goal is to get people to go do something with this. You know, it's great to have them learn something, but what are they going to do with that information and that, that feeling that they're having? So um, like our high school intern programs and our homeschool programs, all those kids have to do some sort of service project as part of that. And so a lot of them are doing um, restoration efforts and, and um, conservation efforts. So it's it's really inspiring. Wow. Yeah. You know, they. Um, I was talking to two of our scientists about the app they just developed on um, – Detecting red tide, letting people yes. self-report. Yes. They said that um, some of the discussion to, you know, come up with initial ideas for that came through the work of an intern. And so the very, like, sort of seed of that kind of project, you know, had some some intern role in it. It's So interns aren't just here to learn. They are actually helping. Well, and we, we did a podcast with Jordan Beckler where he was talking about how one of his interns... Yeah. Uh, or high school, I think it was even a high school intern, mm-hmm. came up with a, a great idea for a future project that we can't talk about. <laughs> top secret. It's top secret. And then, yeah. and then he went on to talk about it. And then he did. <laughs> hey, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, actually, anytime we're doing anything technology-based, we really, you know, get the, get the feedback from, from people who would actually, you know, are, are sort of well-versed in this technology field. So technology is one piece of it, but just some of the things that, that, that youth have come up with, you know, um, are just it's just amazing. And really, you know, that they're really going to be the ones that are taking the reins of all this. Well, and these kids are so tech-savvy now that, you know, it's, we should be listening more to the teenagers about technology. Yeah. 
Maybe as we know about something, it's because we, yeah, <laughs> you know, some of us still have eight track players, <laughs> not me. Kaylee doesn't even know what an eight track is, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> But no, for the kids who who aren't naturals at this kind of stuff, who aren't just applying for internships, but maybe they come to like a program once because their parents, you know, want to get them involved in something. But mm. how do you get people involved if they aren't already drawn to the subject matter? Like, what are some of the creative ways that your team has come up with to get people to pay attention to this stuff? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, I think taking a step back, I think kids kids in general, especially young kids, are naturally curious about the world, right? So I think it sort of gets stifled over years and years. And so I think, you know, finding that 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 initial feeling that you have as a, as a young person asking questions and looking around and making observations is always a good way to start. Um, we also combine things like art and science, you know, so getting kids um, who may have more of an affinity towards the arts and really tying that into, into science, um, because creativity is such a big pro- part of the, the scientific process, and I think people don't always remember that. Yeah. Um, but you really have to be creative, you have to be developing things and, and you know, creating whole whole ideas and things, which is very similar to art. Mm, like a hypothesis, a scientific hypothesis about what might be causing something that you've seen. That's just creative Just thinking. for a kid to understand what a hypothesis is, is <laughs> a challenge. I don't know. I think kids come up with their own hypothesis all the but time. But they don't understand that it is a hypothesis. Right. So making those connections, connections I think. Connections, yes. Yeah. And they don't always have to know that they're doing that thing, right? Yeah. So a lot of times we're like, you know, we're doing engineering with them or we're doing physics with them and they don't know no. that that's what they're doing. Because if you call it that, they... Then it's ooh. Then they're right. in school now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So. Huh. Um... I, you know, you probably get more exposure to, like, the news and the trends in science education. Um, is there anything out there right now that, that's been inspiring to you and your team that other people are doing or that lots of institutions are picking up? Oh, there's so much. It's such a – it's an ever-changing field, which is what I love most about it, I think. Um, one of the things that, that we're looking at and, and that I think a lot of other people are is, is incorporating more virtual reality mm. and augmented reality into these experiences. Um, Do you know what, what's the difference between those two? Oh, augmented and virtual? A, yeah. Oh, uh, well, I'll let Alex. No, you Joe. Uh, You're the... <laughs> well, virtual reality is, is a, almost a full sensory um, immersion into something, mm-hmm. um, at least as what they're calling now a, a visual and, and auditory um, experience mm. and the um, other one augmented reality augmented usually just augments a single sense okay so like if I'm playing Pokemon Go that's augmented reality it's just yeah because you're looking through your phone and looking at and you're seeing things different right it's adding a Pokemon where there wasn't one in my world before yeah something like I that I guess yep. we could call that that's augmented good, reality yep. yeah. okay <laughs> I like that I mean, I've seen these sort of, uh, one of Ali's team members showed us like Google Cardboard where you can, you know, put something over your eyes, make your phone into, you know, a display, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Was that Jason? Yeah. Yeah, Jason's a tech guru. Did you guys see what he did at uh, the Shark Days Festival where he had coloring sheets that kids color and then they came alive in 3D? Oh, my God. It was so fun. Oh, it was a hit. Yeah. So. Whoa. Where can I get that app? It's very, I mean, it's a simple thing, right? Yeah. But it just changes how you're seeing it. So yeah. that's the whole thing is to make something come alive for people in this other way that we haven't been able to do before. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many different programs are there? Like, do you guys have them numbered or no? 
Um, not like, really. I mean, I think we do. We have to for like you know some sort of reporting, but it's sort of a false number. We we have a lot of programs that that incorporate you know incorporate a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, and then we have some sort of standalone programs. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, we have a wide variety of programming. I will say that a wide variety and international stuff as well, or no? Definitely, yeah. We're connecting internationally um, through our digital learning programs um, quite a bit, and um, we also work with um, kids in you know in some other places. We we try to connect with them and and make connections. Did you guys have anything to do with the Road Scholars? We used to work with them for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Do you happen to remember the what's one of like the furthest places that the digital learning programs have connected from here? Oh gosh, I wish we connected to Africa. Um, and cool. I, I'm forgetting exactly where. Yeah, if we can get the timing down, it works. Mm. We we like it. Yeah, for what? For you can't probably do Australia too easily, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, oh. they're asleep, we're awake. We're, yeah, those you know, those real offices yeah. are a little harder. But, get up, yeah. get up, children! It's time for <laughs> science. <Yeah>. Five a.m. <laughs> Oh man! So, like, Although, if we had the opportunity, I'm sure we'd do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. we've got colleagues over there. We we've had scientists who've worked over there. Um, so yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? But um, I was gonna ask you too. These days, it seems like like there are more ample sources for science education because a lot of scientists have to tie this stuff into their research grants and stuff. Is that, does that help you guys? Like, do you get um, do you get directives from scientist grants who say you need to do outreach on this stuff? You know, I, I, help. Yes, um, the answer. The short answer is yes. I, you know, I think we love working with the scientists and coming up. And it's not so much a this is a directive, but but we really collaborate on them, which is so great. You know, I think that a lot of the scientists see the value that we can bring and the expertise that we can bring. I mean, education research is a whole field in and of itself that mm-hmm. is just as you know, I don't know, just deep like, as, as science yeah. research, it is, right? It is, it's how yeah. people learn. Mm-hmm. And so and, and so being the experts in that and having a lot of, um, you know, years of experience, you know, I think they, they really value that. And I think we, on the other hand, really value what they can bring as far as to our program. So it's definitely collaborative. And I think, um, you know, the fact that, that a lot of the, the big grants, you know, they require an equal, you know, they're supposed to be equally weighted as far as the science so and, the, uh, and the broader impacts is, it's great, you know. Because what you're doing, it just goes hand in hand with each other. And it, uh, if it helps them and it helps you, you guys, why not, right? And again, you know, the more people that know about the science, the better. And that's, that's really the goal. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of education about translating something that is big and maybe abstract to sort of like, what can I do that will not inconvenience me? <laughs> That's definitely part of it. Yeah. I mean, nobody yeah. wants to give up, you know, a big part of their lives. But I think it's more about making people understand, sort of uh, making it relevant to them personally and mm-hmm. creating, you know, it's hard. And I'll, I'll say this. I mean, it's hard for somebody who doesn't live near the ocean to see the impacts of it. It's even hard for us to see the impacts of ocean acidification. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not happening on a scale that we can see. And so creating the, you know, taking these really abstract, big concepts and making them digestible and making them, you know, something that people want to do and helping them figure out ways that, that they can do it in a, in a way that's not going to negatively impact their own lives significantly is something that we do spend a lot of time on. Break it down to a sixth grade level. Break it down. <laughs> make it easy to understand. Don't you do make that it, anyway? Make it, make it <laughs> Joe. Joe we should level. just start using you Make as it the, Joe. You know, the, the sounding board, there we right? Go. <laughs> Joe, do you understand that? Yep. <laughs> Joe board. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> Joe fell asleep. Uh. 
<laughs> wow, you're very useful. Yes, thank you. See, what you finally would I do get without it. you? Finally, you get it, Hales. Yep. So I was curious if there's anything coming up in in the education world in either your job or the field that that you're excited about. <laughs> Oh, there's so many things. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about internally here is one of the, the areas that we're, we're just starting to, to revisit is teacher professional development. Oh. Um, so really taking a lot of the content and the, the science that's happening here and getting teachers access to it and helping them, you know, really um, figure out how ways that they can incorporate it into their into their classrooms. You know, I think one of the big pushes is to um, is to take real science and make it accessible to students and have them participate in it as much as possible. Mm. Um, so that's one of the things that we're really working on, as well as, you know, helping them align to standards and things like that um, and really getting the kids working on some actual problems and, and, you know, helping get them thinking in that science-minded way um, is something that we're excited about. Um, so that's coming up this summer we've and fall. We've got some professional development opportunities that, wow. that we're excited about. Can so. the can teachers like go on our website and find that stuff? Definitely. Yep. The registration is open for them now, and we'll do another round in the fall. Um, we've got some of our scientists or first ones, sharks, and we've got Dr. Bob Huter and Dr. Carl Lohr coming in to talk to talk to talk to the teachers. Um, and then um, yeah, we've got a couple different themes, different age groups, so it's all broken down. I'm cool. jealous of these teachers. I just want to sit and listen to our scientists talk. And oh, Haley, you can come whenever you want. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you can go and listen. I, I don't have time. I don't, I, I don't think you need an invitation. I just want to like be able to just sit and listen and not do anything. I just want to listen. <laughs> yeah. like, you can audit the teacher workshop. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I'll have to do. Because yeah. I want to see how they break it down for the education community. That's probably really different than they talk to, to me and Joe, for instance. Oh, well, obviously. Because it's not Joe level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. And actually, one of ours, uh, for the older teachers, for the high school teachers, is also incorporating technology into the classroom. So figuring out ways that they can they can take the science content and create technology based programming for their for their students. So, um, yeah, it's sort of the best of both worlds. Very cool. Yeah. You guys must talk a ton with classroom teachers, just communicating about who does what and and what the ideas are out there. Like, are you always in communication with those people? Yeah, both. A lot of it happens informally, which is really great. You know, just our teachers, our educators, talking to teachers and getting a sense about what's happening in the in the area. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great relationship we have with with our local teachers. Yeah, duly noted. <laughs> We're lucky to live where we live. We are very lucky. And work where we work. Oh, yeah. All right, your chance to make a pitch for education. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh. Yeah. I'm the worst salesperson in the world. If you were going to say to people, you know, why they should come and participate in an education or an educational program here at Moat. All right. Um, you know, I think I think the one thing that we that we offer, not that anybody else doesn't, but we've got the most dedicated caring, intelligent, hardworking staff here who love what they do. And that is obviously apparent on all of our programs. So I think if nothing else, you'll walk away having a great time with the, with the educator that, that helped you with the program. Well done. That and you'll learn a lot too, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we think Allie gets an A plus. <gasps> I would give her an yes. A. Yes. An A. I don't know what the plus is. I'm a, I'm a tough Come on, teacher. Joe. I'll Tough. do some extra credit. You All are. right. A plus. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, guys. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, and so we will see you all for uh, another episode of 2C Fans at in Moat. Ha- in how many weeks? 
Don't you remember? No. no. What? One? Two? Two. <laughs> in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye, everybody.